The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. We've got three segments here. Uh, statement wins. We've got surprising upsets. Right. We've got taking care of business. And okay. we've got give me the headlines. That's actually four segments. Yeah. So you're, we'll you're, you're good. Bonus you segment. can't spell and you can't count. So you're <laughs> off to a good start here. Oh, yeah, baby. What's up? It's Chris Sims. It's Chris Sims unbuttoned. Ahmed Farid is here. He has an extra button unbuttoned today to oh. counter my top button buttonness. Right. Right. He can't count. He's just figuring out. How to spell as we go. Did you realize literally, though, I kind of wanted to like, you know, did you really realize like two things with the T-shirt that I wore the other night? Illegal gambling. Yes. Illegal gambling. Great gift you gave me. Thank you. You were questioning the spelling to start. I was. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which which is just like valid question. So when you did it the first time and then you didn't really realize maybe you spelt it the wrong way or or the way you wanted to. I printed one out, did not iron it on. Right. It was misspelled. Okay. And then I did it again because I was like, all right, I think this is right. (laughs) And I'm still not convinced that the way I did it is wrong. I don't know if it is either. It's just debatable. It's debatable. It's debatable. Certainly debatable. Definitely debatable, yes. (laughs) And then the other thing I noticed as I was putting it on the other day, which I'm going to continue to wear from time to time, is... um, I was a little off center. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. It was just a little left of center. When I put it on, I was like, wait. Just, and I, then I realized, I was like, oh, wait, it's yeah. just a little off center. That's all that's yeah. going to do. It's, it's one of a kind. It's, it's a work in made. progress. It's custom made. It's a work in progress. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's I don't artwork. I quite know how to do that yet because i got to put it on this ironing machine. Oh, Morgan on the pod here. Morgan on the pod. There she is. So you all know that's what she looks like right there. Chris came in with a uh, low computer low charge. Low computer charge. Right. And so we're having to plug in, and we have no plug that's nearby. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And we didn't make it yet. Oh, no. Morgan will come we're back again. There. We'll see Morgan again. We need more cable. Uh, but you got enough. What you got? Uh, how, what percent are you at right now? Uh, like sleep wise? No, no, no. Oh, percentage. Oh, yeah. I was like, you're talking about like my total energy. I'm at 16. percent okay. You think I can make that through the? What about your body? What's your body at? Right I'm at 17. percent No, I'm I'm pretty good. Like at least I got I got an eight hour night of sleep last night. Yeah. Uh, but the the Sunday late pod. Yeah. I was so juiced up after the pod. I had a hard time falling asleep oh that night. Gosh. I mean, you know me. I'm a psycho. Once we start talking, yeah. I got home and, you know, take a shower. And then I'm like, okay, you know, okay, it's it's 1 o'clock. Let's lay down. And it's just like I had a hard time relaxing for a little oh, bit. No. You know, so that was – and then I woke up at 5.30. So, so how I, much sleep did you get? I probably only got like – I fell asleep at like 2, I think. So about 3 and a half that night. Then we had – and I'm this is – I do want to hit on this. Then we had Monday Night Football. Oh, God. And, you know, of course, stayed up through that get up early the next day to do the show, but let alone, like, had a hard time going to sleep that night. I was distraught about the Aaron Rodgers thing. For sure. I really, I still am. I was on Tuesday. Like, I was at home multiple times yesterday watching film, and my wife would walk by, you know, I might get up for a second to take a break or drink some water or whatever, and I'd go, 
I'd take a deep, deep breath and go, man, I, I just still can't believe it. I really can't. You know, I hurt for him. I do. I really do hurt for him. That's, I hurt for the Jet fans. I was excited they were. I hurt as a football fan selfishly. Mm-hmm. But then you know how much I like that guy at quarterback, and yeah. I kind of wanted to see him on this kind of team and, you know, get one more shot here to make him Super Bowl run. Uh, it just stinks for football and, uh, I, you know, on a personal level for Aaron Rodgers. I know he invested himself big time this offseason, and we got to see a different side of him on hard knocks. I think that's what makes it worse, too, yeah. as you saw that, you know, He's really a pretty cool guy. He's not perfect. We know that. But he is damn cool in a lot of ways. And, uh, yeah, that, that hurt on Monday night. I mean, it was probably the number one most compelling story going into this year. Right. Right. Like, not even close. Not even close. Exactly right. I mean, we, we exhausted it. Hall of Fame game. That's what we talked about. It was Aaron Rodgers and that. Yeah. The lead-up, you know, OTAs. You know, when's it going to happen and all of the, everything. So it dominated it. And then just to be snatched out from underneath you, uh, that, that I just, you know, that, like I said, it hurt me. It really did. It hurt my soul. So you know what? Like, it's going to be hard for this to just go back to what it was supposed to be this year. Yeah. Right? Because you go through a whole year. Right. right. It's going to be Zach Wilson. Right. Right? You would think. Sure. And if you're a Jets fan, you hope that works out. Yeah. And you hope he has a great year. Yeah. And if he has a great year... I mean, then where are you? Yeah, right. No, I know. Are you and, going and back then, to? Are you going back to a forty-year-old coming back off a who Achilles who also injury? deferred like fifty-something million to next year? Who's going to go? Damn, are you just going to walk away from the game and go? I'm going to walk away from fifty million. I mean, right. I know he's a rich sob, but damn, fifty million is a lot of freaking money. I don't think Elon Musk would walk away from fifty million, yeah. right? So that's where it's like. A very weird spot altogether. We'll see. I know they were very happy with Zach Wilson yeah. all through spring. But that's the thing. The all- only way for Aaron Rodgers to come back and for this to play out the way we wanted it to play out this year, yeah. I feel like Zach Wilson is going to have to fall on his face again. And Aaron's going to have to make a really we're gonna good We're going to have recovery. to see where it goes. I'm not going to root for that. I know that. For you sure. Know that. But, yeah, I know. They're, they're in a tough spot <clears throat> if – Zach Wilson does well, <laughs> yeah, you know, which is almost like a 49ers situation from a couple of years there's, ago there's with Trey Lance and Jimmy A lot Garoppolo of different ways this all can weird. go. It's I know. Strange, it is but, really weird. But the bottom line is just bummed out. Yeah, it bummed out. I mean, come on. This week was going to be Cowboys-Jets, McCarthy versus yeah. Aaron Rodgers yeah. on their two new teams and those two crazy defenses going against each other with good quarterback play. You know, we're just, we're, we've been robbed. The Jets had one of the best early season schedules in football. So we're being robbed of that a little. They're still really good. I'm not counting the Jets out here. You saw that defense. They won. They're in the they are in the category of, you know, 49ers and Cowboys for craziest, best, most talented defense. We saw that. And, you know, what we saw on Monday night too is our concerns and the things we talked about with the Bills are very real. It's still too much of a one-man show and not enough people helping out one guy. And yeah. I, I cons- I'm concerned about them going forward. And that one-man show had a hard time. Well, yeah, the one-man show lost his brain on, on Monday night. That, that's where I'd be disappointed with Josh Allen, right? You know, understand he usually understands the scope of the game. It's a field goal, tough defense type game, right? You know, the first one you can live with, the third down, which he should have ran, and then he just launched it deep. That was a little bit like, oh, come on, but okay, it's almost like a punt, yeah. right? The second one, they're in field goal range. You know, what, why are we throwing a ball down the middle with a double coverage? A field goal, I think, at that time could have put them up by 10 or something like that. 
But that's the kind of game it was, and he kind of lost sight of that. And then even the last interception was third and two. There were some people open underneath. There was just no need to force it there. Mm-hmm. You know, make Zach Wilson and the Jets show that their offense can actually beat you. You know, on a consistent basis here. And yeah, that was disappointing by Josh Allen. He he took too much of the the, the workman's load, and he just I'm going to take over. I'm going to try to. I'm going to win this. He was frustrated. I think all yeah. of it kind of came to a head there. And, yeah, disappointing loss for the Bills for sure. We got a question on that. Yeah. Billy Mustafa yeah. says, what was Josh Allen seeing against the Jets? He was horrible. But it also looked like everything was so difficult, especially down the field. Feel like no favors were done by the play calling no. or route concepts. Well, they still can't run the ball. Yeah. And you got to be able to run the ball a little bit when you play a team that's got that many good pass rushers and people like that. So that's an issue. They can't protect forever because it's one of the best pass rushers in football. And they have – it's a very well-coached defense. You know we've talked about this a lot. It's rooted in Seattle scheme, but they have little versions of it and little different wrinkles of how they do things. So they're one of the best – match zone teams in the league as far as, you know, hey, you're here, I've got you in man-to-man, but as soon as you leave here, I pass you off to the next guy, and that guy's awesome at picking it up, and they know what teams are trying to do to beat them, so they're that great. That's one of the benefits of them being simple that way. You know, when you're simple and you don't have a ton of defenses, they know what offenses are always trying to do to screw them over, right? They're very aware of that. I've had these conversations with them. Like, we know when we line up like this, the teams like to do these, so they're always got it like in the corner, hey, we got to do our defense here, but they're in that formation where they're going to try to do you-know-what to us again here, right? So they're very aware of that. And then, of course, when they want to play man-to-man, again, okay, man-to-man. The Jets have the advantage on the on the Buffalo Bills. I mean, there's only one guy that you really go as a one-on-one weapon for the Bills, and that's Stephon Diggs. And again, it's, it's not like he's you know, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or Tyree Kill, too. And especially if it's a Sauce Gardner ma- ma- matching up with them. So, uh, yeah, there, there's all the things we worried about with Buffalo. Uh, I'm still worried, and we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, 13 targets to Stephon Diggs. The next closest for the Bills was James Cook with six, yeah. the running back. Yeah. I mean, even Gabe Davis had four and Kincaid four. Right, so, right. Still the – Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs show. Exactly that right. That's, that's too, it's too much on two guys. All right. So what we're going to do, that was a little bonus. A yeah. little bonus uh, Monday night Didn't football mean to go there. recap. But I'm glad we did. We yeah. had to. We have, have to. to. I got to talk about it. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. And I know I you really talked am. about it on Tuesday with uh, with Florio. Yeah. That's a story, man. I, I just hope he comes back and can do I it. Well. I hope that's not it for yep. him. Uh, so what we're doing on this pod, if you remember in the past, we used to call it What the F Happened Wednesday. Right. And we still do call it that. I yeah. mean, I don't swear, but. Yeah. What you, the fuck happened Wednesday? Yeah, you there we that. go. I changed it to Treasure Hunters. <laughs> and not that it's Treasure Hunters, but it's Treasure Hunter. Yeah. Chris Sims goes into the film, which is what we're doing again this year. You're going into the film. Well, you help me out a little. I you, try to poke you. You lead me there. You're like, I'm the treasure. Yeah, I'm doing most of the heavy digging. You're holding yeah. the light yeah, underground, exactly. like yeah. why I'm digging. You go, I'm, hold on. Come over here. I need the flashlight. <laughs> I think I see like, something. Oh. And you look up the stats. Pete and I are holding the light for you. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We've right. uh, gone deeper into some of these games because the reactions that you have on Sunday night. It's not superficial. You've seen a lot of the plays, but at the same time, you haven't seen the film. Yes, right. I don't get to dig in deep. I don't know some of the nuances, and uh, I will. We'll bring some of the nuances to life here on on the pod here. So we'll do that. Digging uh, treasure hunters into these films. We'll also give you the Big Butt Awards for the first time this year. Oh, I love it. Defensive tackle and edge Big Butt of the Week Awards. Great. And we'll take a look at your uh, homies playoff predictions. So all of the homies have submitted their brackets. We got over 1,000. Over a thousand responses from the playoff predictions. Awesome! So we'll go through those and uh, see I'm already who you guys a little like. 
scared about my own. I feel good about mine right now. <laughs> uh, let's go deep dive. What the F happened? Treasure Hunters, week one. Let's start with the Dolphins. Offense uh, against the Chargers, uh, a great game back and forth. Miami won 36-34. Uh, we got uh, Hupala Hutch yeah. says to you, how did Mike McDaniel and Tua pick apart a Chargers yeah. defense that gave them so much trouble last year? How did they adjust? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, they adjusted for sure. Now, here's the one thing they did right off the bat that they're amazing. They were already good at this, but it went to another level in this football game. And uh, this is the first thing that made it hard on the Chargers. The amount of motion and shift before the snaps – Okay, that I do think simplified a little bit the Chargers. You know, when you're trying to call like, hey, we want to play cover two to this side and quarters to another side. And all Mm -hmm. of a sudden the formations totally changed. Right. And you go, wait, we didn't want to play quarters to that side now with all these kind of people because it's a whole different group of plays they get to. Right. So you have to be careful. And the Dolphins, here was the most amazing thing. I mean, I mean, McDaniel Banner statement. I think is the most creative offensive coordinator in football, not named Kyle Shanahan. Hmm. I would throw him right there in that list. He's the first one I've seen from Kyle, from that coaching tree where I go, he got a lot of Kyle in him. And then because of some of the toys he's got, he's added some things that I don't even see Kyle do, right? He's added his own splash and flavor to it. I love it. But the pre-snap motions and shifts. So it's, you know, it's a tight end and receiver over here. And then it's blue 45, shift. So they two, now they line up, right? And then it's start blue 45, blue. And all of a sudden, the running back shifts a little bit more. And then it's blue 48. And all of a sudden, somebody goes fast motion, right? And then, so you're like, wait, they were in a totally different formation. They shifted to another formation. In the middle of the count, they kind of did another little mini shift and moved somewhere else. Then they say set hut, and everybody goes a fucking different way, right? So that, to me, is the biggest thing they did a little bit early on, mm-hmm. where the shifts, the motions, the pre and post that moment, and the diversion is unreal. And then what I mean by the post-snap, so there we go. That was all pre-snap stuff. Then they say set hut, and okay, so Tyree Kill's flown over this way. They say set hut. The running back runs across the formation. He fakes it to him. There's two pulling linemen going that way, and then he pulls the ball and drops back and then throws the ball somewhere else. So, and then linebackers are all over the place. They're following the run game and the pulling linebackers. And then, oh, no, they turn around. And they're like, what? Tyree killed the fastest human on earth just ran behind me, right? And that's, that's the first just baseline thing that they are brilliant at. Huh. So, brilliant. So, and, and the Dolphins can handle it. They don't mess it up. I mean, that would be the worry, right? Yep. You got all this pre-snap movement. You got assignments and just like you, you jack it they, up. They didn't, they didn't, there was, a you know, I think a false start or two here or there. Yeah. Tua did fumble a few little exchanges and had a fumble. But, yeah, for the most part, they were clean with it. They can, you can tell they've been working on it. It's something that is going to be a part of their DNA. So that would be the first thing that I would tell you okay. that made things hard on them. Then what happened to was the Dolphins, and I'll give McDaniel a lot of credit here, was patient with the run early on in the game. The Chargers tried to play two deep safeties, right? Two deep safeties. And they found different ways. They went, okay, you want to play two deep? Well, we're, we're going we're to outnumber you in the run. You know, they're going to do that. So now there's one less guy out on the edge and stuff like that. So they ran the ball pretty well when they played two deep safeties. And then the other thing they did was absolutely expose them in the middle of the field when they went two deep safeties. Chargers tried to play two-man a bunch of times and brought 
the and then the Dolphins brought the receivers in closer to the line of scrimmage. It's hard to play two man like that, right? Two man's basic rules are the corners aren't supposed to let the receivers go inside. Because we got safeties over the top, right, who are going wide and deep, as we say, said Hut. Yeah. So we want to force kind of everything there. We don't want to ever let anybody inside. They go in these tight splits. It's hard to get up there and jam because you're like, wait, I'm going to hit by the defense end and the linebacker. I'm going to get picked off. So you back off a little bit. But then within that, the middle of the field came open. And that's where you saw early in the game, you saw a bunch of plays, boom, 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 right down the middle of the field. And, you know, the Dolphins O-line did good protection-wise, and a lot of it's because of what we talked about, the pre- and post-that motion. And then those coverages that worked last year really well for the Chargers, and a lot of that was like like I said, if there was three receivers to the right, they'd play cover two over there. And then the one receiver to the left, they'd play quarters. It kind of looked like, oh, maybe the safety's going to help out on that one-on-one corner over there. But then you'd say set hut, and that backside safety would look really over to the three receiver sides because he's helping for the crossers coming across, right? And they leave somebody man-to-man on the backside. And when they leave somebody man-to-man, it's quarters, but it then becomes man-to-man because of what the Dolphins do. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the, the, all social media goes, they're leaving Tyreek you know, Hill one-on-one. Well, the one thing is, hey, they tried to double Hill and Waddle in some big moments. They did. But there's still a lot of other good players on this offense. And it's hard to do it and double people when you shift in motion like that, right? Because now you're totally changing things around. Right. So they tried to do that, but the Dolphins had bottom line answers for what they were beat with last year. They had a full offseason, and McDaniel was not going to let that happen again. They did a great job. So if you're Brandon Staley and you had the uh, advantage last time you played and now it's back to Mike McDaniel, what, what would you do if you're the Chargers? Yeah. Like, how do you prevent against this? Now knowing what you know yeah. about what they do, now what do you do? Yeah, it's so simple? No, well, yeah, it's, it's, simple's not going to work against them. It's got to be, you know... It's hard for me to tell you. Yeah, you're going to have to come up with disguises late, late, get into a coverage. They don't know what it is. Like, we showed this. It's right. blue 45, blue 45 set, HUD, and then we shift to another coverage, right? It's going to take stuff like that. It's going to take special game plans to mm-hmm. stop this this offense. It is. And this, the game plan that we saw work for last year, that ain't going to work this year. So what is going to be the new game plan? they got to play the Patriots Sunday night. The Sunday night, and I know we'll talk about it again, the Patriots are going to show some people how to play the Philadelphia Eagles, but what they did last night, maybe mm-hmm. they're the team that shows you how to play the Miami Ooh. Dolphins this year. That could be something to look forward to here. But even with some of those coverages I talked about too, where it was like cover two to the three receiver side, yeah. they didn't just go, okay, we'll play one-on-one ball on the backside. Tua made some great throws against that. But the other thing they did is they exposed that cover two side, and they found ways to kind of like – hey, that safety wants to get that high and wide. Let's sit some people down shallow and then throw somebody behind them but underneath that deep safety, and there was nobody in those areas. So they really found the voided areas through creative game plan, pass design, and the Dolphins are, I mean, just unbelievably fucking fast and fun to watch. Well, that's a dangerous thing, right? Right. You have an extremely talented team and talented roster, and now now you're smarter than most other teams. That's when greatness happens, is when you have talent plus... An offensive coordinator who's acting like, we're not that talented. I need to help these guys out, yeah. right? And yeah. that's when you go, oh, my gosh, that's become special. Dolphins had nine and a half yards per play when using motion last week. That was the uh, the second highest was the 49ers at 6.4. So they blew everyone away. That, I don't know why two. people are doing what these two are doing. I, I don't really get it. 
And, and what I really think is a lot of people don't really get what they're accomplishing with a lot of it. They can't figure it out quite yet. Yeah. They're on a little different level as far as that department is concerned. It's like you can move guys around and shift, but maybe well, you're not you stressing out what you're the doing it. You yeah. got to know why you're doing it and what you're doing it against and what's the reasoning for it, right? Yeah. Like McDaniel and Shanahan have reasons for it. They're going, wait, we're, we're motioning and shifting this. And then, you know, saying said hut and doing something, and we're, we're tactically putting pressure on a scheme that we know you're about to play, and we're going to expose it. And that's where they're really good. A lot of other teams, yes, just do it, and they go, look at this, we're doing this. And it, but there's not a really a rhyme or a reason. It's just, it's just window dressing. Preston2218 says, why does Brandon Staley's defense always stink, particularly when Justin Herbert gives them the lead with two to three minutes left? Yeah, it, I, listen, th- 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 this is something we all got to watch for. It, they should be embarrassed, like we said about it. They're, they're too talented. They didn't get it. You know, they're not getting – you got to take some unsound chances when you play teams like Miami. You sure. heard me say this when we played the Eagles last year. The Dolphins are the same thing when we talked about teams. you got to do some things that are outside the realm of, oh, this is perfectly sound and we're going to all – you have to do some things that are going to catch them off guard. Or they're going to get in a rhythm and just attack you and blitz you like you've never seen before. And I mean the blitz you in a passing run game sense and all that. But, yeah, the, the, they're – Brandon Staley's really got to stick his nose in on the defensive side of the ball. That's his side of the ball. He's a defensive head coach. They, I'm still bothered by lack of big people in the middle by them. Mm-hmm. That, that's still an issue. And then those pass rushers need to play better, right? And, of course, they all need to play a little bit better. The secondary kind of got you know ripped up too. J.C. Jackson, I know people want to jump on him and all that, but, damn, he was put in some tough spots, too. I mean, he wasn't his best. Don't get me wrong. But he's put in some spots where I want to go, you know, listen, there's nobody in football that's going to capitalize in, in that department, and, and especially against those you know, two guys that got seven rockets up their ass in Waddle and Hill. Chargers at the Titans coming up this week. So a little bit easier test. Those weapons are not quite as good with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Dolphins at the Patriots, you mentioned it, Sunday night football. So you do think that Bill's going to have some things, going to be able to figure out? how to counter some of this motion. I do. I do. One, they're a better coach on the defensive side of the ball, right? They have, to me, this is one of the keys. you got to have some big people against these teams because it it'll frees other people up, yeah. right? Like the two-gapping you've heard us talk about so much, right? Those big people allow, okay, you got two gaps now. Now this guy can kind of, he's watching your back, but he's also can watch over here too because we can trust that you big fuckers up front will mosh pit it up a little bit. So that's where they have an advantage, let alone, yeah, their, 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 their scheme and their attack is better than the Chargers. Yeah. And that's where I do, I do give them a chance on that side of the ball to, to make things interesting. Bill Belichick and the Patriots really could do something that we can go, wow, we've never seen that before because – that's exactly what they did last week, according to Tony Romo. Did you hear about this? Which one? Uh, the Patriots. Yeah, I know. I Taking know on the, the Eagles. But... I don't know what it was exactly, but yeah. Lockdown CB noted it too. He goes, what was the defensive coverage the Patri- Patriots were showing that Tony Romo said he had never seen before? Did you see anything on film as we transitioned to the Eagles taking on the Patriots? Patriots doing a good job of slowing down the Eagles. They did. Maybe a little rust. Maybe they should play in the preseason right. is what Nick Sirianni said. Well, but, 100%. I mean, yeah. well, what's one thing? we And we said that Sunday night. We saw all the teams that didn't play in the preseason, for the most part, did not look very good. Yeah. And then some of them won. I know that. But, yeah, the ones that didn't play, it showed. It looked like, you know, you watch Joe Burrow, you watch Lamar Jackson, those offenses go, yeah, looks like a team that didn't play much, right? They look rusty. So, for real, same with the Eagles. I think I know the play you're talking about. And 
I think he's talking about they had a blitz cover zero play where, you know, usually when everybody blitzes, okay, and this is going to be a thing for the Eagles. This is what the Chiefs showed everybody last year. Blitz the Eagles a little bit. The Eagles do – Jalen Hurts, they don't have the greatest plan to stop the blitz. Mm. That showed up again in this. They were blitzed, and the, I think at, you know the Patriots, after a few times doing it, go, they don't have a great plan. Let's keep doing it. We'll tactically every now and then sprinkle this in and give them problems. But I think the play he's talking about, and I think I actually heard him say this, it was cover zero, and he threw a shallow cross. The Eagles were on the right of the screen going left. And they usually cover zero is man-to-man across the board, right, with no yep. free safety. You know that. The listeners of our podcast, the homies, you know that. But they have some rules where it's like, wait, if my guy, I'm man-to-man, and he just flies across the middle, I'm not going to try to chase him. We'll pass it off because that means somebody else is coming into my area. And I think that was the play he was talking about. They played a cover zero where they were aware that they might run, hey, this guy goes this way, so you cover him, and then my guy is going to come to you underneath and just wait for him and make the tackle. And that is a little unusual. It's something the Patriots do, but you don't see those route combinations that sometimes show it and like it just kind of unveil it like that the way sure. it did in the game. Sure. And it is a little different, for sure. There's not a lot of teams that go, let's pass off cover zero. And that's where I'm telling you the Patriots yep. are very well coached and some things like that. All right, so this is yeah. interesting because I think uh, some people think that. <laughs> okay, there, oh, there we go. Sam Flood <laughs> has made right. his prediction. He's known. saying it. He shouldn't be saying that. He should know we're neutral here as, yeah, a, neutral. as a news yeah. organi- organization. We still make picks, <laughs> but he's a root. homer. He yeah, can't he's help a homer, it. big time homer. Um, so I think that's interesting with the Eagles because I think part of the the talk on them was that, oh, this is the Ross, this is the preseason, but you think this is maybe somewhat of a continuation of what the Chiefs showed last year in the Super Bowl, like this might be a blueprint on how to slow down the Eagles offense. Not everybody has the talent on D that the Chiefs and the Patriots have, sure. but yes, I think there's some things there. I do. You know, would I say the offense seemed to fl- – no, now, and the one thing I want to see going forward is the, the, the Shane Steichen effect here too. Mm. I think it's something to watch. You know, the offense, it certainly didn't flow the same way. I didn't feel like, you know me, it's not about always it has to be the most creative thing, but it's about tying plays together, right? That's where Sirianni's special and, and, or, and, and in Shane Steichen, where it would be like, oh, here's this play and here's this play, and then, oh, here's this play. No, it's not that play. It's something that looks just like that, but it's a little different, and now we've gashed you for 25 yards. There wasn't a flow in that sense to me in the offensive game plan. Now, was that rust? Was it the weather a little bit? Sure, all of that you know, played a part. But here was the other thing that I would say jumped out to me. The blitzing? Yep. Certainly. The late disguises that I talked about. So the, the Eagles are two – they like to call two plays in the huddle. And, you know, you, we oh, you're in too deep. Here we're going to run the ball. Oh, you're in single safety. Well, now you're going to be man-to-man with our guys outside. Or it's going to be some sort of, you know, one-on-one-ish zone or matchup, right? Am I explaining sure. that right? So then they go, okay, well, now we're going to throw it. You're going to try to outnumber us in the box. New England was very good at toying with that, where it's too deep, it's too deep. Said hut, the ball's being snapped. Oh, it's single safety. So now they're in a too deep play, but it's a single safety play hmm. on defense. And now, okay, they thought they were going to be running the ball with advantage in the numbers, and now they don't have the advantage. And it's, oh, man, now we don't, the run game doesn't work. Or, or it was the opposite, right? Single safety, let's get to the pass play. Oh, now it's too deep, right? So there was some of that. Then also... 
what they did too a great job of is played single safety, showed it, knowing they were going to go into a pass with that. And within that single safety, they were very quick to get back to their zones, right? There's there, there little calls and things you have to say where, hey, we're going to play, you know, cover three, but we want to play quick drop off of it. We don't want you to, like, fill into the hole so strong. Let's, right. let's quick. Let's, Susie says hut. It's cover three, but we want to get out into a certain area. So that's where they did really well, too. They played with the Eagles that way. And then on top of that, like I just said about, you know, them playing the Dolphins, they have some big people that allow them to – Again, mess with the fronts. And to the other thing they did, like the, we talked about the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, like they just, you, you got to create some chaos against them. If it's like chalkboard stuff, the Eagles are going to win. They're too good. So you got to do some things to go, wait, they might not have prepared for this, and this is going to make things hard. So, oh, oh, wait, let's put two guys in the A-gap. One guy drops back. Oh, they tried to pull and do this, but our guy in the A-gap kind of messed up the puller. Now he's deeper in the backfield. He doesn't get to the right guy, and we get a one-yard run gain instead of, like, it being, you know, 15 yards like we see the yeah. Eagles do so often. I mean, they really limited their explosive plays. The longest really run did. they had was 16 yards. Kenneth Gainwell, the longest pass was 23 yards to – A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, his longest catch was 13 yards. Exactly right. There were no big plays. They basically. got good corners. They played off for the most part, off with various techniques, right? And so sometimes they might, it's three deep, but they might say, let's say lock the back corner. So it's three deep. So now the safety knows I can cheat to the front corner. That corner plays off with his back to the sideline. So he sees the quarterback. And now he's backing off, so you can't make a big throw down the field or anything like that. The safety's cheating over that way. And then the corner on the other side, he all of a sudden gets inside. And now it's like, okay, you can't really go inside on me. So if you don't have a go route or an out route, it's, you're, you're going to be in trouble here trying to get open. Yeah. And so they did things like that. They gave various techniques on the outside, even though they played a ton of single safety defenses to where the Eagles could never just be like, okay, a single safety man, let's get to these plays. You know, it was never like, okay, oh, it looks like a single safety man, but is, is it man? I don't know. Said, oh, no, it was three deep. It wasn't a single safety man. You know, or some sort of single safety sure. defense. And that played with the... The, the brains of the Eagles and, of course, them being a little rusty on top of that, I think, was, you know, added to it. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat. Protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Three great words. Free Fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Valid one time on Friday. Participating McDonald's through 12 31 Excludes tax. Must update rewards. 
Cryptic Beagle 6 says to us, watching live, seemed like Jalen Hurts really struggled to read the Patriots' defense. Seemed yes. to be a combination of lack of preseason reps, Hurts not taking the next step at reading defenses, and the Patriots' defense being the real deal. What are your thoughts? Now, you know, we've moved on as a podcast. What, last year we ripped on Tua. We don't do that anymore because he's just throwing for too many yards. Uh, Jalen Hurts, we did it last well, yeah, year. We... Tua played great, yeah. You know, Tua, <laughs> hey, Tua Just kidding, we're great. not moving on. Yeah, if the tape not. warrants yeah. it. Yeah, right. No, Tua made some dicey decisions in that one, too. I mean, he should have. And we talked about it on Sunday. There were some plays more out there to be had. Yeah. Jalen Hurts is the thing we're all going to watch for. Jalen Hurts is awesome. I know that. Am I ready to anoint him top five quarterback in football? No, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm different that way. And that's just, that's just you the You know way what's it funny is, is like you're not different, though. A lot of people looked, have come uh, yeah. out and said it. I know. It's like he's in the 7 to 10 range Everybody's for a lot of a, a Exactly lot of right. The, the ESPN thing with NFL executives, they all put him there. I know there's a ton of people that know yeah. football that have all put him in that area. But either way, he's really good. The thing I'll come back to and the thing that you heard me say last year and what I know in the offseason with teams that played Philly that I talked to coaches and everything is, hey, he's really awesome. We know that. But when you can get him to play traditional quarterback way, there's still some things there that need work, and that's what all teams are trying to do with the Eagles. Because when the quarterback run game and the run game start to work, you're just totally screwed. Mm-hmm. So teams are going to favor, let's try to slow that down, and then let's see if we can make him drop back, dice us up with the passing game, great decisions and all that. Yeah, it was a wet ball. He didn't see the field great during the day. He didn't throw the ball his best either, but they made him uncomfortable mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. I think that was the big thing. But, yeah, uh, you know, that, that, that to me is the thing to watch with the Eagles here because the Eagles, we know how awesome they are. So Hurts, but it's not even necessarily a Hurts thing. They've been able to, like we've talked about so much, dominate people in the run game to such an extent that it's, defenses have to play these simple, we got to stop the run defenses, yeah. and that's led to an advantageous look and passing game and made it very easy for him. And I just wonder, Super Bowl team, everybody's stealing their plays a little bit. Everybody studied them this offseason. They're going to need some new wrinkles is what I'm saying. Yeah. I wonder if that if we're going to see that as we go forward. I don't know if that's going to matter this week against the Vikings defense, but we'll see. Well, I, I almost am wondering if Miles Sanders is a bigger loss than we were giving him credit for. Not that he's one of the top running backs. I think he definitely benefited from the – the Steelers and everything that was around. But, I mean, do you think that running game will be as dynamic as it was last year? I, 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 they do have Swift, but he got one carry for three I yards. Do. I still think it's, it, it's going to be a damn, damn good running game. Like I said, I think they played a really good defense there. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty stacked, and they got a little bit of everything. So, yeah, I still expect it to be one of the best in football. Um, yeah, I was surprised Swift didn't get a few more carries and everything there. But one of the things I wrote in my thing, you know, the Patriots are good at defending RPOs, so that was kind of taken away during the game. That's one thing they love to do, mm-hmm. right? You know, and they're good at the RPOs. Why? Because they play Josh Allen and the Bills, who do a ton of it, and, of course, the Dolphins, who are the kings of the RPOs. So they know how to kind of defend that. And the other thing I just I wrote, Pats, the Pats kind of scared the Eagles away from the run game with some of those looks I talked about. They kept playing these run defenses going, you'll check to the pass play, and then say set hut, and they all dropped out, right? Hmm. A little bit of that going on, too, to where I don't think the Eagles – and then the Eagles, O-line, they didn't play a ton, if any. Some of them, I think, played. Some didn't, whatever. So they don't think they were on their A game either. Um, And it is a new offensive coordinator. 
And he's, I'm sure, does a new way of calling plays and an outlook. So those are things to watch for over the Eagles. We know they're still going to be awesome, though. Yeah, what do you expect against the Vikings tomorrow, Thursday night football? So it was last year on Monday night football, the Eagles torched the Vikings. Yeah, it was 24-7, right. wasn't even really that close, right. if I remember correctly. What do you think? Do you think they get right, that offense shows a little bit more? I do. I, do, I just don't see – you know, the one thing I'll say is B-Flow – the D coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings, of course, yeah. is from New England. So he's going to look at the film and go, wait, I know these calls. I know how they're coaching this. This is what they're doing. But, of course, because of that, the Eagles on Monday worked on, hey, wait, you know, usually when you uh, – Monday and you lose a game, you might go on the field and do a little walkthrough on the plays you didn't execute the right way to mm-hmm. kind of go, wait, hey, these are teams are going to start doing this to us, so now we need to figure out how we're going to do this, Right. So they're going to be a little ready for that as well. And the Vikings are not nearly as talented as the Patriots on defense. So, you know, will they have some good schematical things? Sure. But I think that the Eagles will get back on track. Are the Vikings really going to start 0-2? Is that what they're going to do? I I think so. I I mean, well, we talked about it. You know, it was a miracle last year. And I think you and I both agree that they were the third best roster in their division. No, I'm certainly not going to put them in front of your Lions or the Packers. I'm not. Not the roster. No way. So we'll see. But that'll be fun to watch Thursday night. And maybe the Packers are going uh, up in some people's eyes who are not sitting at this desk because they look pretty good against the Bears. 38-20 to 20 was the final score. The Jordan Love era has begun. You got a pretty good look at Jordan Love because the quarterback is pretty obvious just from watching the TV yeah. version. But was there anything else on the – tape version that Jordan Love did that stood out to you yeah I you know I I I really actually ended up watching both sides of the ball here in this game I did just there there was a few where I went above and beyond of what we actually said we were gonna do which is what you always well I can't help it because then I'm like well shit I gotta watch the other side let me see what Justin Fields (laughs) and the defense looked like right so I I get I just I'm a psycho all right did you have a Mac Jones take on the uh, offense for the Patriots that we went by or no? No, you know, I no. So that I did. I went through that, but that was quick, right? It was. Matt Jones played pretty good football. He was under pressure. He made a lot of good decisions and throws. They couldn't run the ball a lick. That game came down to we were kind of on with that Sunday night. They they blew the game with the two turnovers. They outplayed Philly. They outplayed Philly. They really did. You know, I'm not saying they're better than Philly, but on week one, they outplayed them. And if they don't make those mistakes there, then I go, yeah, I, you take those two away. I go, the rest of the game, the Patriots won the game. Mm. But I go, if, you know, if what, candy and butt, and whatever else they say there. I don't yeah, know I don't think say. that's quite it, but if it's close. butts and candies and nuts or something like that. <laughs> uh, um, but, okay, back to the – Yeah, back to our game. And S. Muldoon 16 says, how much of the Packers offense has changed with Jordan Love at quarterback? The thing I will say, and what they're going to be more of a 12 – I mean, a 12 team. Which they kind of were last year, but they, you know, between Degura and you know Musgrave and Kraft, mm-hmm. like they want to do that. They have more runs. That was the one thing that oh, schematically I looked at and said, "This is where they've changed." There is more versatility in their run game. You know what? What a better way to go. Let's take some pressure off our young quarterback. Let's be an awesome running football team, right? Yeah. Their old line's legit. Those two running backs look as good as I've ever seen them. Good. Uh, what the, A.J. Dillon lost weight. Okay. So he looks a step faster to me. His numbers were terrible. Well, I know they were. He didn't, but he still looked good. Okay. Aaron Jones looked phenomenal. He looked great. Yes, phenomenal. And, you know, but, but run game, I like the design of what they did, and they gave some looks to where I went, ooh, that's going to make some defenses think and everything else. And then where else it's different, I think, is, you know, 
They were smart early on. They were very careful with Jordan Love. Ran the ball, you know, screens. They weren't going to let him get off to a bad start and that be the reason they were in the hole, right? Right. But the, the, the thing that I look at it differently is I, they're going to attack down the field more. They're not going to ask him to be Rodgers. And, you know, we always talk about, like, oh, quick game, right? Quick game, fast passes, all that. Fast, quick passes can be really hard for a young quarterback because it's like you got to make the decision now. And the window's like, it was there and it's gone. It was, he was there and it's gone, right? And that takes a skilled thing. Like, Tom Brady hated three-step drop eight game. The Patriots didn't run the three-step drop pass game because he didn't like it. He thought it, it took too quick a decisions and the six-yard jamming in there wasn't worth the, 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 the riskiness of it, right? Mm-hmm. So they didn't do like what we saw the Jets come out with with Aaron Rodgers, which I was a little disappointed they came out that way with like empty personnel. Our O-line has got questions pass blocking, and they ran these basic like all slants or everybody's slanting one guy in the flat. And Buffalo's like, we saw this on the first day of OTAs. Like, we're, we're good against this play, mm-hmm. right? So those plays can be tough, is my point. So they did more, hey, let's, let's run the ball. Let's play action. And when we throw the ball, let's spread the field out a little bit. Somebody going deep, somebody in the intermediate, somebody short, and let it you know, spread itself out so Jordan Love can see. And where I found it, you know, down the field and chunk throws kind of outside the numbers were, I think, something that – you know, you've heard me complain about Aaron Rodgers when he was in Green Bay the last few years, For and sure. he wasn't taking some of those throws and things. And I think that's where they're going to be a little bit different. It's going to be more run-based. Wow. It is, for yeah. sure. And this was even without their biggest deep threat I in know. Christian Watson. Best player not even being out there on offense. Connor McGinnis wants to know, why yeah. were the Bears' corners playing so soft against the Packers' wide receivers? The wide receivers went wherever they wanted off the line of scrimmage. Yes, they did. Is that something Eberflus and Williams did in Indy, too? It is. It is. They're a little rooted in the... Old school Seattle scheme, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I can see their logic. They're going, let's just let's not let the young guy just throw a deep ball up and get a sixty-yard touchdown, right? Let's see him if he can execute and read defenses and go on drives, right? Right. But at some point, yeah, things needed to be changes. I don't think the Bears are all that good. I'm sorry. That's just the, the plain and simple fact of it. There's just not a ton of talent on their D. There's some good pieces, but they're not there yet. They're not. You know, yeah. I love the, you know, hey, Terrell Edmonds in the middle. He made some mistakes. He did. He took the cheese on the the first touchdown pass in the back of the end zone. He took the cheese on another play, too, with underneath stuff where you go, no, you got to stay there. That's they just threw it right where you were supposed to be. Hmm. Um, you know, their D lineman is some good, but there's no star there that you think of or know of. Right. You know, I like their corner, uh, the kid 29, a lot, Stevenson, the rookie from Miami. Okay. But, yeah, they're a team that's I, – I still think in, on that side of the ball, they're not built all the way they want to be built. Um, so that's the thing. But ru- loves patience. And, and here's the other thing, too, you know, to our question. People are going to look open and everything like that when you have the – you know, Jordan Love had great pockets for the most part. And he was patient. He wasn't jumpy. He was like, wait, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to let this play develop. Okay, here's the 20-yard out to Jalen Reed, like you talked about with some of the great catches he had in the game and some big moments. So he was really good uh, in that department, let alone the other aspect of this. LaFleur was great at calling some trick bullshit plays that made it, you know, the long screen down the sideline to Aaron Jones, right? The big fourth down and seven, okay? 
That was the other play. Terrell Edmonds, he went to help out the receiver on the right, and they threw Aaron Jones on a halfback choice. He's matched up against TJ Edwards, who's trying to take away the out route, but now Edmonds kind of saw somebody coming to his area, and he went for it, and it left the middle of the field wide open, and Aaron Jones cut in there, boom, touchdown, right? So good game plan design, good patience by LaFleur and Love, right? Love being aggressive. Mm -hmm. That O-line is real. And then, Ahmed, their D's real. I mean, their D's real. They're d- some of those young guys have turned the corner. They're playing at a different speed. Don't get scary and pee your pants for your Detroit Lions, Getting okay? A scary. I know. No, but they were good. And they set up Jordan Love in that offense with some great field position. That was my last piece of the puzzle there. Who are we talking about? Devontae Wyatt, Quay Wyatt, Walker? Quay Walker. They were, they were different guys than last year. It's like you could see the lights went on, the, the bright lights in their brain, how to play NFL football, right? Van Ness lining up at defensive end. Rashawn Gary, who didn't even play a lot, when he got in, you went, whoo, fuck, there's Rashawn Gary. He looks good, okay? So they're deep. They're talented. They got a little of everything. And you could tell they got a little chippiness on them. They were, you know, one, yeah, the, the Bears weren't going to run the ball that well. They, they were all over Justin Fields in the past game. The Bears' offense still feels like it's managing Justin Fields. I'm sorry. It's year three, but just as I watch it, I, I was one of the first things I wrote. I said, still feels like they are managing Fields in year three. you know. And then, yeah, Justin Fields you know, still lacks a feel within the pocket and singing things downfield. And I mean this like, hey, his throwing is it's better. It is. He made some nice throws in the game. But where it gets me sometimes is, one, I could tell by the plays they're calling. They don't trust them all the way. And then, two, you have an inkling of what's going to be open with certain plays against certain coverages, right? Where you go like, hey, we practiced you know, all spring and all summer, and we called this play, and they played that coverage. This guy's open a lot. So let me see if it's going to happen again. And there's just not that feel all the time where I go, man, you should know this is about to pop open. Just – Hang in there one – tap the ball one more time and you're going to get a 30-yard completion. Instead, it's already, wait, I'm looking to run or get the ball out of my hand to somebody underneath, and that's a yeah. little disappointing to me too. Yeah, Prohibition Riot wanted to know, was it Justin Fields, the O-line, the coaching, the biggest reason for the Bears being a giant suck fest? I'll throw another one in there too. Sure, go because ahead. Because you see some, some video out there of Chase Claypool oh. not looking real good. Well, Yeah. They're, the, 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 Does the, he what, have options? That's what worries me about them, that they're going to get frustrated. They got some dudes in Mooney and Claypool, and because they can't spread the ball around and the pass game is so simple, that it's like they can only, they can only showcase DJ Moore. And I think these guys are going to get a little frustrated as the year goes on. Like we always talked about with like receivers don't want to play you know, with Lamar and all that. Well, this offense is having some strugglesville in the past game. Hmm. And guys like Chase Claypool are like, what the fuck? I'm a freak of nature, and I can't get the ball. And then that's going to lead to, yeah, a little sour pussing and whatever else. And then now he's not emotionally in the game the way he should be. It doesn't block the way. I'm not trying to make excuses, but that's what worries me about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> even another guy I want to show, shout out to on the Packers, Colby Wooden. We talked about him in the draft process from Auburn, number 96. Another okay. young guy in their D lineman. That, that just pops. So, yeah, I like the look of the Packers. You got that. And um, 
the other you thing like I, the, you like the Packers more after week one than you did before. I week did. One. Yeah, I do. I do. Of course, Justin. I mean, uh, Jordan Love's going to be the thing we got to continue to watch. But everything is pointing on the up and up on both sides of the ball. And yeah, Justin Fields. It's still more patience in the pocket, more of a feel for what might be open. And when he does scramble, keep your eyes open a little, up a little bit. That's the other thing, too. You know, we see a lot of great scramblers like Jalen Hurts. He's an amazing scrambler. He keeps his eyes down the field. Same with Mahomes. So even though they're attacking the line of scrimmage, you're dicey about, oh, I want to come up and tackle them because you know they might throw a laser by you for 40 yards. So that gets a little scary that way. Fields, when he decides to scramble, it's like he's running. There's, he's going to run. That's it. And he misses some opportunities for some guys down the field a little bit within that too. Yeah, because that could be so dangerous exactly. right, if he's about to take off. Because exactly. He is such a threat with his legs. He's that- unreal. Some of the escapes he had in the yeah. game. Like, you're like, how the fuck did he get out of that? And he got a first down. Like, it, it, he is unreal that way. But, yeah, like we've talked about, there's a little work here to be done in the past game. We got Packers at the Falcons <clears throat> coming up. How's That's that, going to be a good game. How's that Falcons D going to do against the Packers offense? I know. Well, the pa- yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I didn't watch that game on film, but, you know, you know I like that Falcons D. They got a little bit of everything for sure. And they, they made life hard on Bryce Young and the Panthers. I that's a sneaky, really good matchup this Sunday. And you got Bears at Buccaneers. So we'll see if Justin Fields and that offense can figure things out against a really good Bucks defense. Exactly there. right. It's a tough test. So there's Jeez. there's some things to watch there. That Bucks D, you know, you know, like you're saying, it's it's real. The D line's good, the linebackers are good, they got some good damn corners and good safeties. They got it all. So that'll be a tough test for that Bears offense. All right, so you feel better about the Packers than maybe you did after the preseason. The Bengals, it probably feels a little bit of the opposite, although what? they did this to us last year. They did. It was like week one was a stinker. Yep. And go, are we too high on the Bengals? And we, yeah. it turns out we weren't. Yeah. Um, Cleveland beats the Bengals 24-3 to was the final here. Uh, Elton Puka says, hello, Chris. Big fan of the pod. Thank you, Elton. Bengals pass catchers versus the Browns had by far the least amount of separation, while Patriots pass, pass catchers versus the Eagles had by far the most. They were the most wide open. How can you explain all this? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what do you see here? Well, because of scheme. This is something you've heard me argue for years with the Patriots. Whenever people are always like, oh, Tom Brady did it with all these, you know, without a superstar receiver. And I would go, well, the numbers say they were the most wide open receivers in football, like his whole career. Because they know what plays and how to coach. And, oh, they're going to play this. And we're going to call that play. And it's great if they run that coverage the way it's supposed to be run. Because this play fucks that up, right? That's not what you've heard me complain about the Bengals in this department. This is not where they're the best at, let alone basic football premises. You know this. Your dad was a high school football coach. One team was hungrier and playing harder. That was off, jumped off the film from the get-go. Wow. The Browns played with a chip and were like, screw you, we're going to win this game. The wow. Bengals came into the game like, hey, we're cool with the Bengals. We've been the AFC Championship two games in a row. This will just work out our way. And they're elves, and so we and really don't need exactly to try right. that hard. So there was one team that out-hit, out-physicaled, out-hustled. That was on both sides of the ball, wow. right? The Bengals' D was not bad. Don't get me wrong. They, they played hard, and they were everywhere. You know? But uh, what I would say on that side of the ball is the Browns' offense matched that intensity. On the other side, with the Bengals O against the Browns D, absolutely not. First off, Bengals O line wasn't good. That's the first thing. 
Okay. They were not. I mean, Burrow was under pressure. They couldn't run the ball. Death, taxes, and the Bengals' offensive line. Right? It's like, what is it? Is this just every year where they got to wait till like, November until they kind of get it together a little? It's just it's like it's a little frustrating that way. Okay? So that would be the first thing I'd talk to you about. I'm going to sound like I'm beating – a dead horse? Is that the right thing? To beat a dead horse? If you've said it before and you're about yeah, to say it Yeah, but I think again. that's a real yeah. saying, right? Oh, it definitely it is. is. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. I wouldn't know if I was butchering two sayings together. It, it does sound like one of those that you made up, but yeah. that is a real saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were beating a dead horse, not butchering them, right? Yeah. And, yeah. like... But that's your deal. I'm saying but, this. You're saying they butchered them. They butchered them. They butchered a dead horse, <laughs> and they made that thing glue. Okay? <laughs> and yeah. then, Not that that's funny, but it's just, yeah. yeah but it's yeah. funny. Okay. okay. Either way, what I'm trying to say here is something you've heard me say a ton. The Bengals' offense, see, in week it's just too basic. It's too basic. I wish we could show film of what they did. Like, here we go. Tight end, two receivers to the right. Jamar Chase to the left. Here's the play. Jamar Chase runs a six-yard hitch route and turns around. The tight end runs a five-yard out route. The slot man runs a five-yard out route. The guy way on the outside runs a go route. Whoop-de-fucking-do. That is the first play that's put in in OTAs by every offense. You know, whatever. Why stick? Depends what system you're in, right? It's like, come on. The Browns have seen that 9 million times through OTAs, let alone the first two weeks. And every time the second and third string offense got in, they ran that play in in training camp, right? I mean, so some of these plays, and Jim Schwartz, who's been around forever, knows the West Coast offense. He's going, well, they're going to run the basic West Coast shit. I mean, shit, they might as well make me the old coordinator. I can drop. I can do this. Double slant to one side, slant flat to the other side. Things I used to make fun of with like Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy and go, oh my gosh, how do you defend that? Okay? So giving them, unlike we talked about the Dolphins or the 49ers, giving their team no schematical advantage. Just going, you got to beat that guy, and Joe, you got to throw it fucking perfect. That's hard to do that against, one, a good defense. Two, when it's wet and rainy. It's, so now you're just, hey, Joe, throw bullseyes all game into really tight coverage. I know it's a monsoon out here, but it's okay. That's just not realistic. And then the corners for Cleveland played good. I mean, Denzel Ward and Newsom are real. So if they play like that and that D-line plays like that, JOK in the middle looked really good. See, where we always talk about the Bengals, right? They're, they're good once they get to week five and six because, okay, yeah, the plays are simple, but their breakdowns of the four previous games, they start to get a feel for what teams play. Maybe it's part of their master plan. It is part of their master. It is kind of what they do. So that's why I don't panic. Yeah. But it's also why I go, that's why you don't fucking win week one. It's just too basic and simple for a team that's got talent and you're not giving the motions or the shifts or anything creative to give Jamar Chase or T. Higgins anything to get going. You think we're just going to line up and just go, hey, Jamar Chase, run a go route you'll get open against Denzel Ward. No, Denzel Ward's kind of good, right? And then, yeah. And you know the other thing they did really well? And I saw this throughout the league, and I'm, I'm going to be interested to see this go on. DBs really played back shoulders really well. Hmm. DBs kind of called the bluffs on a lot of these, okay, I'm one-on-one on the backside. I don't think you really want to throw the go route. You want to throw the back shoulder, so I'm going to kind of play behind him. Wow. And that happened a lot. Marshawn Lattimore got the pick on DeAndre Hopkins like that. 
Denzel and Newsom did it a lot, right? So usually I always love Burrow because I go, ooh, he'll play the system. But if it's one-on-one with Jamar Chase, right, he's going to go, I'm going to Jamar Chase. All right, well, simple routes plus good corners in the wet rain, that's hard to do. And they knew what to expect a little bit. So th- those were some of the issues for the uh, – the Bengals altogether. There's a question that Coach Magnet has that I had too. Yeah. Uh, Burrow Bengals performance. How much was Joey's calf still hindering him? As you can see, he was still limping slightly when he arrived at the stadium. Yeah. So, yeah, what, what was it? Do you think Joe looked like Joe? Like, Joe, the throwing and all that, he's a machine mechanically, right? So he's perfect. It's hard to gauge the movement just because it was sloppy and wet and he had people around him and he took way too many hits for your franchise. He did. I don't think it affected him. I think where it affected him is just not seeing the field as well and not being on his A game through lack of reps, mm-hmm. right? But I, I didn't – this was more about Bengals' simpleness and a Browns team that's well-coached, has energy. They know the, the, the poker's on their ass this year to play good or these coaches are in trouble. Yeah. And then they got – I think maybe I undervalued their talent even. I'll say that to myself a little bit. And historically, as the numbers show, the Browns have – Figured out the Cincinnati Bengals and even you know defensive coordinators it's change. I know it is. Burrow's now but, one in five versus the Cleveland Browns. But it goes back to it, there's not a lot to figure out. And if you got some Jimmys and the Joes, you can figure out the X's and O's with them. And that's where they're tough. And then they could go. Wait, the way your O line's playing, we don't need to put extra people in the box and start worrying about that. And we can help out. And like I said. If those DBs got a good jam and they went, okay, now the go route's going to be tough, they played for the back shoulder and all of that, uh, they, just, they just physically kind of whooped the Bengals. And the Bengals just didn't, didn't answer that intensity, especially on that side of the ball. Chris Cootie doubling back for us. Bengals O-line problems. Is it systematic, uh, systemic, or based on individual capabilities? So I'm looking at the PFF grades. Yeah, because I, they, I felt like they all got took turns getting their ass whooped a little bit. So it was nobody perfect. Orlando Brown, their newcomer, was their highest graded okay. lineman, but not good. Not great. He got pushed back a lot. I for know. them, which I is pretty average. average. It couldn't have been great. He gave up three pressures. The middle didn't do well, Dick right? Karras was below behind him. Karras was below, yeah. Let me see. Uh, Jonah Williams was their lowest graded. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, no. Alex Kappa. Alex Kappa was. Okay. And then you got I thought Cordell the middle Wilson. was the biggest issue. Which one? The middle. Like, yeah. the three guys in the middle were more of a problem. Not that the tackles played great, like you're saying. I think you're right. But the three guys in the middle, it was constant getting beat or getting pushed back into Joe's face. Um, so, that's another one, though. You know, oh, we're ready. We're rested, right? But you're not ready for the fucking intensity of week one. I know you practice against your own defense, but it's still not as intense as it's week one and Miles Garrett's pissed off and you fucking called their team a bunch of elves and now they have a different intensity. <laughs> Nobody on your team reached that level of intensity in practice. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. And that's hard to replicate that. And see, that's where they kind of got like punched in the mouth. I'm like, what? Whoa, it's, it's, it's a real football game? I mean, that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah. Note, note to other players out there, do not call your opponent elves because it's derogatory. It'll fire them up. And it, you just remember it. Yeah. Right? The other team's going to remember that. Definitely. It's like, if you just call them, like, trash or garbage, whatever, it's like you've heard that before. Yeah, right. But if you get called an elf, you going personal. you're, you're, you're not going forgetting the fan that. base. Like, you're going to the organization. You're no, going to the culture, everything. Like, there. that just sticks in your brain. It you're, like, you're not going to forget that. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. An elf. Yes, exactly right. Plus, your fan base is going to let you forget about yeah. it. So. You're like, I'm not that short. And you go and you measure yourself <laughs> again. You go, I'm pretty big. Uh, so the Bengals now got to get right against the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, Tough Bur- Pete puts in here, Burrow won't start with two bad <laughs> games like last year, right? I don't know about that. 
again, what, what's scary to me is, like, like I said, they got to find a few things to just jumpstart the offense. It can't just be go, we're going to run our stuff, and we'll figure out how they're playing us as the game goes on, and then we'll do that. It's just it's too tough that way. Their defense, to hit on that side of the ball, yeah. they played really good. They did. They just got worn down. I mean, they were, you know, they were on the field every third play, every fourth play, right? I mean, it was three plays and out for the Bengals. Punt it off. Three plays and out. Punt it off. Three plays and out. Punt it off. I mean, that, yeah. that's what it was. So they, they got worn down. And then plus, that, that, as we saw, that Browns O-line's good. And Nick Chubb is still one of the best, if not the best running back in football, right? Watson adds a few runs to that. I'll say this, too. Here's my other thing that I, I definitely – like, I didn't watch this side of the ball as closely as the other side of the ball, right? I just watched it to get a feel for what happened. Um, Deshaun Watson, I don't know if this was because of the rain, but he was throwing the ball like a baseball, which concerned me. What If you go back and watch the game and watch some clips, watch the highlights. Hmm. He is throwing the ball and bending at the waist like a pitcher. Like, literally throwing the ball and, like, after the pitcher releases, right, and is bent over. He's like that on a hmm. number of throws. So totally off on his mechanics. And that's why he threw some balls into the ground against them and lost control of the ball. His motion was so violent over the top, it's hard to be consistent. Now, I don't know if that was because he couldn't hold the ball and it was wet a little bit and he was just trying to figure it out there, but that was a little concerning. I was concerned that Jack Conklin got hurt at right yeah. tackle. Don't be. The motherfucker over there is a beast. What's his damn name? Big fucker from Ohio State? Uh, don't, uh, yeah, yes. It's Dewan Jones, right? That's what it is? Yep. Dewan Jones. Yeah. Yep. Good job, Pete. He is. He was great. He's got. He goes back to my theory of I got to stop over evaluating the, oh, he didn't, you know, is that not quite great feet? He's just a giant man that now learned a little technique in the NFL, and nobody can get around him. Yeah. And he moves people. He's Makai Becton. 6'8", 375. It's fucking insane. Like, Kendricks, uh, not, not Kendricks, um, uh, I'm, I'm blanking all. I got so many damn. Hubbard and, and Hendrickson. Sorry, uh, Hendrickson. I knew it was a Drix somewhere. <laughs> Hendrickson. I'm telling you, they hit him a few times, and they were they looked at him like, "Fuck this, you're too big." Like literally, like it is unbelievable. So they they're gonna be okay there. Uh, but yeah, the pass game, they need to you know work on that. It's hard again. Like I said, the game, I, I do think they were realized, hey, it's wet. We don't our defense is playing good. We don't need to take chances. But certainly, Deshaun didn't throw the ball as well as I've seen him throw the ball. The the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. 
we come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because. Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Browns are at the Steelers this week now. So we'll see uh, see what they can yeah. can do in this one because uh, the Steelers looked not very good mm-hmm. against maybe the best team in the NFL, though. Right. And then have some injuries on top of it now. Deontay Johnson's going to be out for significant time. Cam Hayward got groin surgery. I mean... So Oof. that's you don't want no Cam Cam Hayward, and now you got to play this O line in this run game. Mm. That's that's tough sledding for the Steelers. But you know who they do have on that defensive line, which brings us to, ladies and gentlemen, the first of 2023. Oh yeah, the big butt of the week awards. Woo 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 woo. woo. It is we that time. Lie. Big butts, and we cannot lie. The big butt of the week. Oh. Time to give some love to these Ooh, big guys. Some it, touches. It's a couple sacks, forced <laughs> fumble. He's a butt-ting superstar. Woo, give it to him, Ahmed. One butt cheek. And this is why you're the big butt expert of the world right now. Woo. Of the world. Not just of America. No, of the of world. The we haven't world. found anyone in the world who is more of an expert of big butts than me. No. I, I, I don't know any of them. I haven't met, no. I haven't met any. You passed me up. I mean, you're at home researching it now, so you're you're the leader. You're in the leader um, house, and I do see you flipping through your notebook. We will have chance for one more thing here, so just it, it is not on a big that, thing. You know, I just wanted. I was like, wait, I think I watched one more game, and I can't remember what it was. Right, we'll, we'll have so, a, we'll have a chance. Don't worry, for that. all good, all, right. all good. Don't worry. Uh, big butt of the week, yeah. Edge, week number one, TJ Watt. Uh, congratulations, you are back. You're healthy. We're all glad, except for opposing quarterbacks and three offenses. sacks, right? Three sacks right. tied for the most this week for an edge. Drake Jackson also had three sacks. Yeah, and Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen yeah. for the Jaguars, right. had three sacks. Uh, TJ forced a couple fumbles. Um, now Josh Allen did lead all edge with six defensive stops. You know who was one behind him? Your guy Will Anderson is from that, Houston. Well, that's we're gonna get to that. Okay, we're well, gonna is get that going to be the one more thing? That is the one more thing. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Okay, pause I know, don't worry. I know, don't. You oh did that God. to me. You one more thing to me. Why? <laughs> <laughs> and you're telling me to hold on. <laughs> don't is that up. your one more thing? <sighs> don't even go there. <laughs> hold on. Don't talk about Will Anderson. You were the one that talked about Will Anderson. Oh, sorry about that. But you're, I mean, TJ Watt, it, it is amazing. He's, he's phenomenal. It's just like <laughs> if he's healthy, he's going to dominate. It's, it's pretty much like a given. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a Nick Bosa or a Mike Parsons right now. You just go, if they're in the game, it's just like fucking watch out. And and I think to your point here, too, right, is because who else? They had somebody else on their team that had a few sacks mm. on the Steelers. Um, who was it? Who was the other guy? Um, I, I got to pull up the stats. Hold on. But either way, the one thing I think to watch out for the 49ers is that, you know, the O-line pass protection yeah. on, on downs like that. Um, no, you you were right. It, it was all three him. I'm getting confused with another game. Was there was nobody one. else. I'm, I'm down there. But, yeah, that's something to watch for the 49ers. But, man, T.J. Watt, wow. Uh, and my big butt of the week at defensive tackle, this is a crazy one. I, I didn't expect this. Uh-huh. 
I mean, I guess I should have after you watching the college and you film. should get ready for him for like a whole bunch of other ones this year. Congratulations to the rookie in career game number one, Jalen Carter of the Eagles. Seven quarterback hurries. That was three more than any other defensive tackle this week. Also had a sack. He dominated when he played. He he has popped all preseason, like to the point where I know I know we laughed one week when they like he played three plays because two of them he got in the backfield and they're like, that's good, get him out of the game. That's yeah. it. He's awesome. He's one of these rare guys that's just going to come into the league and be awesome. Like, it doesn't happen always, right? Especially a D-tackle. But I think we're seeing a guy that's, you know. And he fell to nine. He's a right? star. Wasn't he nine he in the draft? He was nine. They, the Eagles traded up from ten to nine to make sure they got him because they were a little scared. I think somebody else might jump him. I mean, he's instantly like a $20 million player. He, as we said during the time, right, and I think we laughed because I've said, like, you know, this is the best defensive player I've uh, – defensive tackle I've seen. I think I said that, like, three of the last four yeah. years, right? Yeah. But we, we said at the time, he was the number one pick in the draft. He was the number one pick in the draft. The off-the-field car accident, all that kind of stuff, really hurt him. And then he was a little out of shape for his pro day, right, because he had been dealing with a bunch of crap. And that scared everybody. And then there was one or two stories that, you know – he might have done this at college or whatever, like stuff that mm-hmm. I don't even give a damn. The guy's going to be a superstar. If he stays healthy, he's a superstar. It's amazing. It's I mean, amazing. The, it's... the best line you had on him was in college watching the tape. You're like, I didn't know if I was watching the game film or his highlight reel. Exactly right. That's that's what it looked like. It was like, wait, wait, hold on. Am I, did I click on like good plays by Jalen Quarter or am I watching? Yeah. Nope, nope. This is the real game. This is the first 10 plays, yeah. and he's just everywhere. He's... He's the new age Warren Sapp. That's what I've told people. He's the new he's, he's evolution of Warren Sapp, like 30 years later into evolution, where it's this I'm explosive and I'm weirdly strong for not being like 340 or 345. I'm 305 or 310, but I'm strong like I'm 380, right? It's like mm-hmm. that. And then it's this ability to bend and flexible and be in these weird positions where you're like, is he made of fucking rubber? I mean, that's where that's, it's really phenomenal. All right. Now it is time in the pod for the Columbo airing on Peacock. One more thing of the week. <laughs> do we have that? Kristen, do we have that? I feel, there it is. There, there it is. is. What's there up? That? Streaming on Peacock. What Columbo. up, Columbo? <clears throat> yep, that's right. Look, he's got his hand on his head. He's like, this fucking guy. He's got one more thing again. <laughs> like I thought oh, we were wrapping God. up. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they, the one more thing is just that, you know, the Ravens offense didn't look like they were. Mm-hmm. You know, they looked like they didn't play it all preseason. Yep. They're still – their best thing is the run game. Now, they're hurt up front, okay. right? That's going to be scary. And with J.K. Dobbins, now they're hurt. Exactly right. And Tyre Linderbaum got hurt, and Ronnie Stanley got hurt. So they got some little issues there. That stinks because they did look good. But they need to continue to play through that as this pass game develops, okay? I didn't – the offense had more looks. It did. It did have a different look altogether, all right, as far as the passing game. And the thing on top of that is the Texans D. I got to give them credit. I do. First off, Will Anderson looks really good, right? And and as I've always said, if I'm wrong, I'm going to tell you I was wrong. He looks really good. He looks like he was too big in college. I had some people tell me that they thought he was too big in college because they had to ask him to do a few different things that weren't really what he was meant to do, Hmm. right? He looks like he's lost, you know, eight, ten pounds. Early streamline himself. Phenomenal off that. Him, him and Jonathan Greenard, the other DN they have, mm-hmm. they're beasts. They're quietly a very good combo. And then 
This is the other thing, too. As far as the pass offense, and we hit on it Sunday, Zay Flowers <clears throat> was phenomenal. I mean, the best offensive player in that game was Zay Flowers. He's he's borderline untackable. It's it's kind of like he's like to the point where I'm like, dude, just go down. Something he thinks he's gonna like get out of every jam and break a tackle, and I'm gonna break this guy's ankle, and then reaccelerate and stop and spin, and then break, and then just a few times where I'm gonna go. That's you're gonna get hurt. Just go down sometimes. But the 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 Texans and where I really respect D'Amico Ryan's, they're so good at playing their little match zones. And you know, it's a tough test for an offense when you haven't seen that. And you, you know, it, it is. So, you know, I think they called some plays and they were like, Hey, it's zone, this should work, but it's like kind of going back to the Seattle scheme type of thing. They kind of know what you're gonna call against them, and they're awesome at passing certain things off, hmm. and they're awesome at breaking you down to going, wait, if they play this formation corner, play like this, because you know, this will give you the leverage on this guy to where they like to run this play, and he's gonna run right into you. And you don't need like so they're really well coached from that standpoint. Um, but yes, I was very encouraged with those two guys on the edge and, and my man Will Anderson, who I know I took flack for but damn he looked good and we like will anderson that's the cool thing about this whole thing like and for me it's really cool the because person's I, the man. I wasn't wrong it was like you were the one that was wrong <laughs> yeah i just like him too because he did a great the interview person's with you. The, the person's the man yeah he, he really is he's the man and yeah if and he continues like that like there yeah and you know who else is really good who cj stroud was the best rookie quarterback after watching it cj stroud uh, first off, the fact that they threw the ball 40 times tells you he's the most pro-ready right now. He made a ton of good throws and good decisions in that game. They couldn't run the ball. That's a good defense they played against. Their O-line's not great at pass protecting right now. And they don't have anybody that scares you at receiver. Yeah. So it's never going to look pretty, but I really like the way C.J. Stroud looked. Well, that's, what, that's why like, I, I respect what you do so much because you try to take everything in context, right? You, you, try to. To, you, you can't yeah. just look at the numbers and – because I'm looking at C.J. Stroud here, and his yeah, top going, two targets nah. are, are Nico Collins. Yeah, the exactly. numbers are okay. Yeah, right. But, yeah, it's Nico Collins, and it's Robert Woods. Exactly. Um, There's a reason Robert Woods is on his third team in three years, and he's coming off ACL injury two years ago, and he hasn't quite been the same. You, and just, he, you just look at what C.J. Stroud has to deal with as opposed to maybe a, a quarterback on the Eagles yeah. who has all those weapons well, to yeah, deal with. Well, right, right, right. You know, so, just, yeah, he's, he's the, they need some more firepower. There's no doubt about that. Nico Collins is a good player. He is. In your perfect world, you want Nico Collins to be your number two, right? And he's yeah. their number one, and that that that's that's or your number three, maybe. or yeah, I mean, maybe exactly right. On some offenses, yeah, he'd be a number three, exactly right. But that just speaks that they don't have that guy. But either way, I like the way they look. I thought he they coached him the right way and did the right things with him on on the offensive side of the ball. All right, you want to see who the homies think is going to be good and 100. win the whole thing this year? A hundred. So we got a thousand fifty three responses from the homies in our playoff predictions. Good job, Pete, getting it out there once again, compiling it all. Pete will tabulate it as we go here. Yeah. He's like a mathematician. He's, I think. Yeah, Pete did a great job. Pete, I yelled at Pete before we started the pod today for everybody out there. I yelled <laughs> yeah. at him. You know, yeah. he was talking too much. Okay, yeah, he and went back he yelled, and forth a little okay. bit. Yeah, there was a that's a coach quarterback conversation. Sometimes it has to be like that. Yes, yeah. he was on the computer. He was talking too much. I wanted us to focus and get in the yeah. fuck in here. And it was more awkward for and, me because I wasn't involved in it. So I just me, like had to sit all here. Yeah, I just had to observe it and not pick a side because I never will. I can't do that. It's not personal. It's just business. Mom and dad going at it, and I just had to kind of like look down, pretend I didn't hear what was happening. <laughs> you did. 
did. You actually did. Actually, you really I was, did. You I was did. like, I don't want to say anything. I yeah, don't even you just know sat there. You didn't say anything, yeah. Mr. Non-Confrontational over here. <laughs> I go, oh, you guys are fighting? I didn't even notice. <laughs> um, we've moved past it now anyway. We're good. Uh, so the most popular division champ, yeah. uh, to the surprise of no one, the Chiefs, 91% of you guys out there picked them to win the AFC West. Not a single person picked the Raiders to win that yeah. division. Watch out, the Raiders. Like I said, uh, the Raiders are the one team in our over-under thing and playoff predictions where I kept going to them and looking and going, I think I'm low, and they could be that team that is sneaky in the playoff picture that nobody expects. And you saw a little last yeah. week. It was, it was a good showing by them. And truly, nobody expects them to win the division, according to our homies. No, no, and I still don't either. So, yeah. yeah. 88% went with the Jaguars to win the AFC South. Yep. 82% with the 49ers to win the West. Not a single person picked yeah. the Rams or the Cardinals, so the other 18% all went to the Seahawks yeah. there. Yeah. No that's, surprise. That, that's, that's not surprising. Although You're Rams, right. watch the Rams, watch out. The Rams, woo. Yeah, I, you know, that's why I love McVay. Yeah. I really do. Just their, you know, the, his teams are always chippy and feisty, and there they were going, yeah, it's 20 rookies on the roster and how good they're going to be, and they were like, fuck you, we got something for you. And, you know, they're always capable of matching that Seattle energy, too. Yeah. And Seattle looked like one of those teams, again, didn't play much in the preseason. And a little bit like, hey, we're really good. We're going to go out here and just handle business. And another team came in and was like, we got something to prove, and we're going to show you we're a little bit better than you think. And it's the NFL. And as we know, the difference between the best team and worst team in the league is not as much as, as you know people like to think. The funny thing with the Rams now is that they almost could maybe get those two first-round picks back that they traded away to get Matthew Stafford. Isn't it funny? Yeah. I mean, people are talking about the Jets wanting to get him. I'm thinking, like, God forbid something happened to Jared Goff. My Lions could trade those two first-round picks back and get Matthew Stafford back for a playoff. Imagine that. <laughs> it's come full circle. Your guy is Jared Goff. I know. I'm just he, saying. I know. I know. I, I know. It, is, it is crazy. All aboard it the Goff I'm, train. I'm crazy to see. I'm interested to see what direction this whole Ram season goes. Yeah. And, you know, how they're going to kind of rebuild themselves here over the next two years. 80% of you picked the Eagles to win the NFC East. 60% picked the Saints to win the NFC South. So that yeah. was one of the more contentious ones. The real tight races, though, AFC North, 49% Bengals, 41% Ravens. I'm Oof. curious that what we would see if we waited a week to do it now after what we saw from the Bengals week yeah. one. Probably be pretty 50-50 still. I, I would think so. You're right. It would be 50-50. Man, so the, the Steelers... The Steelers got no no love there, really. To win the division, at least. Maybe yeah. a little bit. I'm sure we got a little of them being the Browns. But yeah. the Steelers, hey, I don't know. We'll see. NFC North. That was concerning. Lions, 40%. Packers, 32%. Bears, 24%. Man, let me just say this. The Detroit fans listen to us. Yes. Because I got – they just – fucking lambasted me on the on the field on thursday night oh really oh before the game i had so many of them like you had you fucking took the packers go out of the vision you're fucking wrong you're wrong you're wrong that's pretty good though and they, then they were like were those homies you think i i, I hope so they, they were <laughs> they were homies and they're not anymore and then as they were getting yeah. they were getting ready to pick the game they're like, who are you gonna pick sins who are you gonna pick and i was like i looked up at them and they were doing it the right way it wasn't malicious yeah it was like 
competitive football, and you know they would say shit, and they, I'd look up, and they were like laughing, and like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. so I'm cool with that. Midwestern values. It was good. It was good, good that people. way. It was just the right touch. But they were yelling at me one point right before we get the show, and I go, I don't know. I mean, you guys keep motherfucking me. Maybe I will take the Lions. <laughs> and they all laughed. Yeah. And uh, it, it was a good crew. It really yeah. was. I enjoyed their energy in the stadium. It's going to be a fun year until it's not. Yeah. But it will be a fun year. It will be a no, fun year. No, you guys year. aren't going anywhere. Going I can anywhere. promise you that. Yep. You're not going anywhere. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, by the way. Oh. Like the, the, his, like, he has reshaped the identity of that defense. Yes. And he was the guy that I wanted. He was I the talk, one guy I, I wanted about him. I talked about oh. him. He's the man. First of all, you could see his energy on warm-ups. Yeah. But I talked to Dre Bly, the D coordinator, or the D defensive back coach there. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, CJ is the guy that gets the locker room stirred up every day. And he might say some things that are a little unpopular and get people right up, even in our room, you huh. know, a little bit. Interesting. But you need that. Yeah. And you do need that. It can't just be peace and quiet every day. Yes, coach, blah, blah, blah. You know, guys like that. Yeah, they, they bring an edge to the football team, and you see that on the field. I love having him there. Okay, AFC East, 38% Bills, 31% Dolphins, 29% Jets. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised there. I mean, I know we got a lot of homies up in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I know that. Yeah. But you would have thought we taught the homies that, you know, the Dolphins roster is better than the Bills. The Are the Jets Dolphins the favorite? Are the Dolphins the, the favorite now? Because I would imagine that I think the Bills were the favorite to start the year, right? Because yeah, they were the second were. choice to by come kind out of, of the a AFC. significant amount. Remember, right? we were saying we were going, "Damn, I can't believe it's by that much!" Right? right? So, yeah, I, you know, I wonder. I, 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 the thing I worry about with the Bills, they're a really good team. They're coached well. It's the same thing we've always talked about, and they didn't do a ton this offseason to get better. They got Leonard Floyd and Dalton Kincaid, and you know. It kind of stops there, and, the, yeah. and that, that's tough. And we're talking about a lot of teams in that conference got a lot better. Dolphins are like a pick right now with the Bills to win that division. Mm, they should so, be. They, they should be ahead of them. Yeah. I don't, that, I'm actually still shocked by that. Uh, Super Bowl, the most popular champion, the Chiefs. 20% of you out there picking them to win it all. 49ers second choice, Eagles third choice. But the 49ers have a 49% chance of reaching the Super Bowl. Oh, 49% of the people. Say that they're going to reach the Super Bowl. Wow, I'm surprised by that. So Wait a second. So everybody's got the hold on. No, no. So no. the most popular oh, yeah. champ, but he's saying the most popular team to team reach, reach the Super Bowl is the 49ers. The 49ers. Chiefs are the most popular champ. The team that's and I guess so. A lot of people have the 49ers losing the yep. Super Bowl. Yep. And the Eagles, 32 percent, have them making it to the Super Bowl. Right. Oh, yeah, so that's it is interesting. You know, the the Chiefs thing, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little concerned of what we talked about. Kadarius Tony and Kelsey got to be out there for them. That's very real. That's my big thing. Kadarius Tony, like Andy Reid said earlier in the week, the, the only way he's going to get better is he's got to play. He's another guy didn't play in the preseason, didn't do anything. He was injured. I don't give a shit who you are. It's really rare to not do anything and be able to just go in the game. Yeah, I'm awesome, right? Sure. So, so, you know, yeah, they, he has to. He is those other guys are good there, but they're limited in how good they can be. He can be a star. He's a freak of nature. And, of course, Kelsey. So they need them both there. If one of them is missing, uh, their offense is going to be significantly less. And that, that scares me a little bit about them because, you know, yeah. the Sky Moore, the Richie James, the way defenses play now, DBs lean on receivers. They beat them up at the line of scrimmage. These jitterbug, smaller-type receivers are slowly 
being filtered out of football. They really are. They're being filtered out of football with the match zones we're talking about, right? Because you can just play leverage. So now it becomes a little bit like, well, you got to push that guy out of the way to kind of get open. And they can't push some of these, you know, some of these smaller jitterbug slot yeah. guys. So that's what I worry. And then, you know, if you're that, if you're small like a Sky Moore or Richie James or I'm missing somebody else on their roster, you got to be exceptionally quick or fast. It has to be one or the other, right? It has to be. Jalen yeah. Waddle. He's that size, but what does he got? Seven rockets up his ass, right? Yep. Right. Zay Flowers, let me talk about it. He's that size, yep. but he's got a denseness and a muscularness about him that is special, let alone the speed and the quicks are off the charts good. Yeah. So Chris Olave. Exactly. Like that. Incredible straight speed. Yeah. Exactly. There's got to be something that gives you the advantage when you're small, and that's what I worry about with some of those Chiefs guys. 71% of you had the Jets making the playoffs. I'm sorry about that. Damn. They're going to keep fighting. They're not going to be out of this thing. I mean, they weren't last year. No. They, until the, until That's the right. end. That's right. They're know, not out of this thing. End, and I know Zach Wilson, and like we talked about, he had a good offseason. It could have been the best thing that ever happened to him this offseason. You know? and, 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 you know, it was funny Monday night because did you see him talk about stress coming in the game? I looked at him in the in the helmet, and I was like, oh, my gosh. He was the last guy that thought he was going to play, Yeah, especially that night. He's probably thinking, like, yeah, I might get to play week 12 when we're up 30 to nothing. This is going to be a great season. You could tell he was like, holy shit, I'm playing. And, like, you could tell he was like, holy shit, I'm playing the whole year. Like, this guy, he knew he was done. Yeah. Um, And uh, good for him settling in and and doing some good things. Made some big throws and some Mm -hmm. big moments. Uh, And hopefully the Jets, even though their pass protection wasn't good, their run blocking was phenomenal. And if they and can build on that and get a little bit better on the other department, they could they could still they could still make something happen. There was here. no easing Brees Hall back. It's like he's back. Holy like crap! He's, he's like the number, number one, one guy. Yeah. He's the number one guy. He is. Uh, so we'll track this as the season goes along. Shout out to the homies for all the participation. Now it's time to say what we're doing for the rest of the week. Uh, Big Ten, Big Ten Saturday night. I'll be traveling to Purdue, West Lafayette. Chris is traveling to East Lansing, Michigan. And if you wonder what we do when we go into these cities, so we were in College Park, Maryland. I was and the whole crew uh, last weekend at Maryland. Here's a little snippet of of what I was up to last weekend. They take a whole lot of pride in their state flag in Maryland. Why shouldn't they? It's a great design. You don't see two bigger unfurlings than the ones at Maryland Athletics events. 29 by 86 feet. Two of the biggest flags that the New England Flag and Banner Company has ever made. That's a company that's been around since the late 1800s. Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to be covered by the Maryland flag. We got it! (laughs) We got it! So that was a little bit earlier. Ahmed did survive it, and he has made it back to his stanchion. But I was worried the students were going to take him out. But he seems to fit in there. He's fitting right on. Yeah, absolutely. I love it, Ahmed. Uh, I love it. I'm the comic relief. Yeah, you're not I'm the comic that's, relief. That's all. You're 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 adding to the energy. You're not comic yeah, relief. Right. I'm showing. I'm showing what it's like it's to be in the student college section. kid. That's yeah. amazing, right? And, and like, how hard is it to hear? When you're I, in that, I right? couldn't you can't hear, hear myself. Yourself, like right? I'm screaming there. I'm like, I probably didn't need to scream, but I couldn't even hear myself. Of talking. course not. I remember having to do a few openings of like Notre Dame games in the fans yeah. section, and being like, I have no. I I hope I'm speaking English. <laughs> I can't hear myself talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not easy to do. You did really good, man, and Thanks. gave a lot of information there. The Holy New crap. England flag, New England flag. You went next level. <laughs> you're gonna tell us the you're gonna tell us the LLC and everything too, <laughs> and the patent number. I did, it's made of <laughs> nylon, 100 percent nylon. Um, yeah. 
no, it's it's a whole lot of fun, and that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm hosting some of the shows, but I'm, I'll be hosting the halftime show of Washington and Michigan State. Washington, Michael Penix Jr., what? number eight team wait. in the country. Right. That game will be called by Brendan Burke on yep. the play-by-play. That's and right. The man to my left. Chris I will Sims. be there. That's right. Me and Brendan Burke are looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. Michigan State's two and zero. Right. They're dealing with some issues. We know that, but I'm really excited to see Penix Jr. I really am. For for my TV scouting. He and Caleb Williams, I believe, stand above the rest. Um, I didn't see much of their week two game. Uh, This is where, like, right after this, this is where I go into college football mode right after we're done with this podcast. I saw week one. He was phenomenal. He's a gifted thrower. You know, he's got good size. He's got it all. So I'm gonna, it's going to be fun studying him and fun watching him live. I'm a little worried. You're, you're getting too much information on some of these college guys. Your big edge has always been like you wait it out, wait it out. You don't buy into the hype early on. But I, the fact that I'm going to get to see them in person, that's true. don't worry. I'm not going to buy into anybody's hype. I'm getting to see it. And yeah. I, that's where I always will say, I know I've been wrong before, but if I get to see them in person, I like my chances. I've, I've seen a few quarterbacks in person in my day. And you get to talk you to know? them, too. So, exactly right. Get yeah. to talk to them, get to see the demeanor, everything about it. they got a cool offense. Yeah. Washington looks very talented yep. on both sides of the ball. So that'll be fun. I'm excited for it. Please tune in. Yeah. You know where to find us. Peacock, NBC, me and Ahmed Fareed, locking it down. Locking it down. Big Saturday night, okay? Yeah. Some people have referred to it as other things, but I won't go there. Okay. There's oh, a yeah. sign behind me and Tariko. You know what? Big turd cock. Any- <laughs> I mean, you got to watch out for that. <laughs> you know what? Any publicity is good publicity. That's right. It was like we our knew first it. ever game. We were literally trying to sit apart because we were like, this sign is dangerous. Oh, you really did. You it, that registered before it even went viral. A hundred percent. But then, you know, you lean in, you oh, start no. talking, and somebody freeze frames it right at the right spot, and it becomes an issue. So, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yep. So, uh, We'll 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 call it Peacock for now, okay? It keeps going though. I might have to change the name. All right, yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, Ahmed, you the man. Safe travels out to L.A. You're Thanks, doing Chris. some of the Olympics, yeah. and you're flying to Purdue. Yeah. And holy crap, you're just going around the whole country. And we'll no be big back deal. here Sunday night. Sunday night. Damn, just what you wanted to do. Yeah. Work all day and then have to deal with me that night. Okay. <laughs> all right, everybody. Be good. Enjoy the game. Say hey, Thursday. Me and Florio picks pod. All right. PFTPM. Chris Sims unbutton collaboration. We'll be doing that. Look for that podcast release sometime Thursday afternoon. You know where to find us everywhere on social media. Make fun of me and Ahmed on TV this weekend, or just tell us how good we are. One of the two. You can go either way there. But everybody be good. Enjoy the rest of your football week. Clap it up. Clap it up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.